Internet Explorer is a podcast that contains explicit language like the jerk-off instruction video I watched last night on Pornhub where a woman yelled at me for coming in and looking at her going to the bathroom, and she screamed that I was a disgusting worm. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if someone walked in on me going to the bathroom, I would say, you disgusting worm. Yeah, get out of here, you you beta male cuck. You know, I wouldn't just say, oh, someone's in here, someone's in here. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I would, I would take it straight to Pornhub. Yeah, I'd I would like, film a video that says, you disgusting worm, and you know what? Let the uh, let the sense roll in. I would love to find out that, like, a teacher, you know how there's always the story, it's like, teacher did pornography. Mm-hmm. What if it was like, teacher did a weird genre of porn where they don't get naked at all and just shouted at men who are masturbating? <laughs> and, like, they had, the school has to deal with that. But I think that, in a way, you know, a, a fully clothed thing like that is, you can see a version of it where it would be less offensive because it's like, well, she's not naked. Right. I mean, if anything, she should just, like, maybe, like, coach the debate team. So we're back, and we are here to talk about a very, very important subject that I feel like Katie is the world's expert in, which mm-hmm. is how to make your friends hate you mm-hmm. by completely manipulating Facebook's newsfeed algorithm uh, and just, uh, yeah, fucking it up for everybody. It's true. Uh, I'm going to teach you guys how to make your friends hate you. Don't worry. It'll be great. Um, Ryan and I are going to talk about some things we're mad about. And then uh, we're going to have Kate's Holderness come in and uh, share with us some of the wonderful things on the Internet that she's been seeing lately. And then we're going to have following that, we're going to have a separate segment that's from our other BuzzFeed News podcast called currently called The News by BuzzFeed. It's called The Group Chat. Um, and we're going to talk about some cool stuff. So stick around for that. Hi, uh, welcome to Hi. BuzzFeed's Internet Explorer. I'm Katie Natopoulos. I'm Ryan Broderick, and I have not been smoking two packs a day since you last heard my voice. I'm just, I don't have a voice. Um, so let's move on from that. <laughs> I have old man voice now. It's been, you know, six months, seven, eight months since January when we uh, recorded our last episode. And since then, Ryan has aged several decades. I am now a very old man. <laughs> Um, this is our uh, biannual uh, episode uh, that we do when <laughs> right. Ryan comes to the United States. I'm here. What's up? Um, he's here. Uh, Your country's a piece of shit. What's going on? Wow. Wow. Holy shit. You know what? Fucking God. Like, America is so goddamn exhausting to follow from outside. You know what? Ryan, you're like the worst version of the kid who goes on like uh, a semester abroad and comes back. And well, is like... actually, in Europe, we drink <laughs> wine with every dinner. Yeah. <laughs> America is literally that girl that you knew in high school who started sending you like Mafia Wars invites mm-hmm. and is now like full on selling marrow, <laughs> like selling weed on your newsfeed. Like, it is the messiest friend from high school I have. Is the entire country of America. Um, I mean, you know, look, we're a country of many second chances <laughs> for some types of people. And, you know, point is, it's Internet Explorer. We're here to talk about the Internet. Well, you, you know who is my my second least favorite Facebook messy friend? Who's that, Ryan? It's you. <laughs> you have basically made my Facebook unusable. Yeah. I have. Um, <laughs> I I have taken in since since we last spoke in January. Yep. I have found a perverse delight in. I, I feel like I went through this phase. I think probably a lot of people can relate to this. Where like in the last probably few not. years, <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe you can't relate to being like a total asshole to all your friends no, on okay, purpose yeah, and like gleefully uh, torturing them, but. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people in the last few years have been like, I don't know what to do with Facebook. Like, yeah. it's not like I'm not going to post stuff on there anymore because that's weird. No, and also like it made all of my relatives into neo-Nazis. So like I don't really want to use it earnestly. Right. It's like you definitely don't want to go on there and like debate about the news with like no. people from high school. Fucking don't Uncle do Greg on there being like, actually, the earth is flat. And it's like, what happened here? Yeah. And like you probably don't even really want to like up. Remember how people used to just like upload albums? Dude, They'd I'm about like, Jeff's I'm a- party. I'm about to upload an album from like a thing I did last week, like a big vacation kind of thing, because mm-hmm. my, my, my family wants to see these yeah. photos. And like, I don't want to do it. Oh, yeah. It's not pleasant. Uh huh. Uploading photos onto Facebook from your phone is a nightmare of like 
I call it nudes minesweeper, <laughs> where it's like it's like you're trying as hard as you can to make sure nothing explicit because it's such a bizarre. Oh yeah, I know. It's like a grid. You have to uncheck yeah. the things, and you're just like trying to get. <laughs> Make sure that like you don't put like your an, an asshole like a spreaded <laughs> asshole into your vacation photos. Like it is a nightmare to use. I hate Facebook um, on your phone. Yeah, and it's like you know you're probably posting your like photo your interesting photos to Snapchat any or like Snapchat or Instagram. Snapchat. This is not 2016 I anymore. I mean like you know Instagram or whatever. So it's like you're not you're, Mastodon. So what are you using <laughs> you know Facebook for? And right. it seems like Facebook for a while it was just BuzzFeed quizzes. Now maybe it, for a while then it was just videos, and now. Like, I don't know what it is. It's a phone book. But I figured out that, like, there's so much crap on there that um, and so little, like, actual friend content. So there's yeah. so little personal posts by people you know that when you actually do post something like that, Facebook's algorithm, like, goes haywire and it's, like, so thirsty for it that it will, like... Po- like promote that to your friends like the top of their feeds instantly because it's like oh my god oh my god Ryan actually just posted a fucking picture right because like, like if it's, it's not that you get like I just pulled this up just to be curious to see what's at the top of my feed right now or T O M F mm-hmm. if you will and it's a live video of a man trying to find out how many pickles he can eat in an hour. <laughs> I, I do want to watch that Good later. Content. Can you just save that? Send that to me, actually. That's the premium content that Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> is talking about. Um, so I sort of started a little experiment where I started, um, I joined a bunch of groups that are designed to share sort of unlovable bad content, right. ironically. And um, I found a video in one of these groups that uh, was like this really sort of... Uh, cloying apartment tour that was like a series from a video content provider of like apartment tours in New York City. And it was the kind of thing where it was like there was just so many things off about this or there was so many things that were like directly annoying to people that I knew who are like in their twenties, thirties, forties in Brooklyn to like see this particular person's apartment. Right. Um and so like I shared this video and so many people immediately like commented on this and they were like, help, I hate this. Like at first very annoyed. They were like, I hate this video. It sucks. Uh, blah, 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 it's, blah, blah. It's, it's awful. But the more people commented, the more it kept showing up in everyone else's like in it would every time that my friends would log on, it would be right there at the top of the feed because Facebook was like, hey, people are commenting on this. They want to see it. And then like. I mean, for days and weeks, like literally months, it would keep staying at the top of people's feed. Once a week, I had this video at the top of my feed for almost a year. Like, <laughs> like basically, my Facebook experience solely became the comment section of you sharing this Refinery29 video. Yeah, I did that uh, a few days ago. I shared a video of... It was sort of like a food video. It was like, disgusting. Yeah, it was in the style of BuzzFeed Tasty. So it's, you know, sort of an overhead camera showing how to make some dish. And what it's making is something called, like, candy apple salad or something. And it's like... It's like it's, Twix bars. Yeah, and... it's, like, absolutely disgusting. It's like you take, like, pudding mix, you put it in a bowl with, like, cream cheese and Twix bars and sliced up apples. Like, it's a disaster. It's disgusting. Like, marshmallows. It's so gross. My favorite one that I've seen recently is the <laughs> someone barbecued a watermelon to look like ham. And it is absolutely despicable. It's like jet black on the outside and mm-hmm. then like raw red pink on the inside. And it's grotesque. Um, well, it's funny because the, the food videos reminded me of something that in our most recent episode back in January, we did a bunch of predictions for 2018 right. of what was going to happen on the Internet. Which and... like we're really just pulling out of our ass. Yeah, like, pretty much. Like, I mean, come on. Kate's Holderness's prediction was that there, we were going to see more stuff with, like, fucked up food stuff. Which I think is true. Yeah. I don't think it's newsworthy level big. But mm. it's definitely, like, pe- there's a whole cottage industry of people sharing bad, fucked up food. Yeah. Although, uh, I, I got a little distracted while you were talking. Uh, because I opened up my Facebook to curiously see what was on my, my news feed. And there was an invite <laughs> from a dude who used to work at BuzzFeed named Naheem. He's sort of like an insane Facebook group junkie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he lives in India. And he invited me to a group called Garfield is Hot and I Want to Drink His Cum. <laughs> <laughs> so I have, as you were talking about this, just joined that uh, that group. Definitely uh, shoot me a message and say hello. 
Everything in this page sucks. Um, yeah, so I think that that brings us to another thing that we want to discuss about Facebook and how you can ruin your life with Facebook, which is all these groups that are sort of referred to either as tag groups or weird Facebook. Well, I, I think, like, there's this thing that's happening right now where these weird Facebook groups are inadvertently mapping out a, a weird Wild West moment in Facebook's development. Yeah. So these meme pages can be of all different kinds of sizes, and the groups can too. Facebook is MySpacing kind of hard right now. Yeah. It's becoming this, like, weird ghost town of garbage. Mm-hmm. But then you have these, like... Essentially, like uh, like in a post-apocalyptic film, you'd have like the dude with like the the hood over his head, and he's like picking up trash in like the <laughs> wasteland. The Mad Max guy. Yeah, exactly. Like that's what we're seeing. We're seeing like trash culture warlords mm-hmm. running like small Facebook group like despotic kind of outposts. Um, so to describe for someone who doesn't know what these are, these are a as groups in general have gotten more popular across Facebook, there's a whole network of groups that have these really weird names like um, I, I'm looking quickly at a few of mine. I regret to for, for I regret to inform you that the cis are added again. Um, I, I just joined one called This Cat is Chonky. And it's just uh, about a, a really large cat, I think. They have these funny names and what they do is they take sort of like crap content on Facebook. Like, for example, the disgusting Twix salad or there's one that's called like, why would you DIY that? And so what they do is they find either screenshots of other people's posts or like a piece of content, like a really crummy video that was like clearly meant to go viral on Facebook, like this food video, but is actually like kind of laughably terrible. Yeah. And they either, you know, you can tag a group in the comments of it or they just post it into the group. And they have all these sort of, you know, weird esoteric, they're like specifically themed, um, kind of like, why did you DIY that? It's basically just cringe DIY. Yeah. Um, I I feel personally attacked by this relatable content. Yeah. There's one I like that's called Sounds Like You Studied the Blade, but okay, which is a reference to the I Studied the Blade meme about, like, a really nerdy, like, fedora guy. And it's kind of like— You mean a cool guy. Right. Um, Saying, you know, well, you were at parties, I studied the blade, and he's holding a katana sword. Um, That's a really good one. I I, I would kind of classify this entire world under the banner of shitposting. Well, I guess I I don't think it's shitposting because shitposting is like well no no it's not what we think of as shitposting it's right. what young people call shit shitposting right I mean it is in the sense that it's like ha huh, just posting like crap I mean I actually think what it's it's much more akin to Reddit I yeah. think like all these different groups that are very like specific in theme they're like they're kind of just like subreddits they're like but, they, I've, but I've they're seen, all cringe I've of. seen Reddit slowly start using like do you, do you have you ever seen anything on our prequel memes. No. So you know how, like, for a brief moment, like, the word meme became uh, a catch-all for every type of content on the internet? Right. I think there's a new thing where, like, people are using shitposting as just, a con- like, a, a, a catch-all. Yeah. Because I, I philosophically think shitposting is when you click on a link and it's purposely bad to give you the reaction of, oh. Yeah. Right? But now I think it's kind of absorbed deep-fried memes and bizarrely dataist like, stuff and you know like kind of trash culture crap yeah so it's 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 evolving i think the idea of shitposting and what i think what's sort of noticeable about these groups is in general uh, they're sometimes called weird facebook sometimes i see them called left book because they're very like the people who are in them are very left-leaning although sometimes they radicalize right and i mean sometimes it's a little bit of a mix but there's a lot of arguments there i mean i would say for the most part they are people who are sort of like s wj minded sjw sorry um they're people who you know they typically are like don't you know don't post nazi crap use trigger warnings yeah like that that kind of like group moderation that doesn't always work because then you see other ones that were like this isn't some social ju- like sjw group like if you can't handle it like get out i would say they have the political spectrum of most 17 year old boys where they are equally attracted to, like, Zizek memes mm-hmm. as they are, like, pretending to be a neo-Nazi. Mm-hmm. I had a, an interesting experience in one of these groups recently. I typically just read them, but I actually posted something to one. Ah, um, which one? It was called All Take That Never Happened for 500, Alex. I love that group. <laughs> um, 
And I saw a tweet that was like a man describing an incident, like something that happened to him at a Costco where a woman, like a customer shamed his wife for breastfeeding or something. But it was like, it's one of those sort of, and it was like a really viral tweet where he seemed like the hero or something. And I I was like, like, it just seemed fake. Like, it's yeah. kind of like, you know, one of those like stories where it's like, and then my two-year-old son. And then the teacher resigned. Yeah, yeah. Like. Turned to me and said, like, why is Trump like that, yeah. daddy? The Marine was, walked in and told the professor, you know. Yeah, it was a little bit like that. So I posted a screenshot of that. And what ended up happening was that, like, in the comments of this, I'll take things that never happened for 500. And I was trying to comment that, like, this viral tweet sounds like a fake story. Right. Um, for a variety of reasons. And uh, instead, what I got was, like, a really, like, uh, intense debate about breastfeeding. And I was like, uh, <laughs> This is, like, literally the opposite of what it was supposed to be. Like, we're supposed to be laughing at the guy because he made up a fake story about this, not, like, actually debating the merits of what he's describing. Right. So, like, and I was like, this this group actually, the people in here, like, kind of suck. But it's a massively huge group. It probably has, like, fifty to 100,000 people in it. I think there's something really funny happening where the mainstream media mm-hmm. is obsessed with this idea that Facebook is ruining everything. Yeah. And is this monolithic powerhouse of influence. Mm-hmm. And Facebook is obsessed with countering that by trying to build things to make like info wars like harder to you know post on or whatever right mm-hmm. we talked about this in uh, uh if you are a true fan of internet explorer you may have heard us talking about this in uh the news a buzzfeed news podcast last week two weeks ago about QAnon. Mm-hmm. but basically i don't think facebook is as powerful as everyone thinks they are nor do i think they even understand what their website is anymore like, yeah. I think all of the arguments that we've been having about Facebook were true in 2016. And between 2016 and 2018, the very nature of the website has changed so dramatically mm-hmm. that, like, there's no way Facebook can keep up with how it's evolving. I think that part of that is, like, there's a huge difference in what's going on in Facebook with, like, there's a group that's, like, solely dedicated to making fun of bad DIY videos that were meant to go viral on some, like, fun food hacks page, right? Like, right. These people, they're typically, like, college students who are ironically doing this. They're very sophisticated internet users. Yeah. Who have, like, there's a they're deep— They're They're cool. There's, like, a deep level of, like, they're 18 levels deep in, like, internet fluency and, you know, being able to— think critically about what the, you know, they they understand the sort of cynical nature of this crummy video that was supposed to be viral versus like, you know, Rohingya Muslims being like misinformation being spread around that like incites violence against them. Like there's different things that are happening across the globe that have to do with like different languages. The fact that like Facebook can't really moderate in places where it doesn't have the language. Well, I mean, you you mentioned, uh, the Rohingya Muslim crisis in Burma, where they didn't have any of the tools in Facebook translated into Burmese until like two years after it became a problem there, right? Yeah. Like Facebook has de- Facebook decided around 2014 or 15 that it wanted to become the entire internet. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to sort of reckon with the idea that one, it did become the entire internet for large chunks of the population on earth. Mm-hmm. Two, it became the internet and then absorbed all of the same problems of the internet. And the re- the reason we're we're talking about all this stuff this week is I think we're at a really weird impasse in Facebook's development where it's changing really fast and the users don't really seem to understand what it is anymore and the people that Katie and I have both spoken to at Facebook uh, uh you know in the course of our reporting don't seem to understand what it is anymore. And I think we are we're trying to f- like everyone's trying to figure it out, but also doesn't really care enough to properly figure it out. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think a social network becomes interesting, but also really unpredictably weird and sometimes kind of dangerous. And I think it's worth thinking about. And then, I mean, technically, when we say Facebook, we're also talking about WhatsApp, which is owned by Facebook and which Instagram. Is, yeah. And Outside the U.S., WhatsApp is so popular and so... I like, mean, I use it every day. Yeah. In lots of countries, that's how you do customer services businesses. That, but um, One of my favorite stories is that Brazilian newspapers have several Insta- uh, WhatsApp phone numbers on their pages. Mm-hmm. And then they have an intern mass WhatsApp stories out to, like, hundreds of people at a time. Like, there that's a thing. Yeah. 
Um, so like that's technically owned by Facebook, but it's like that's its own ball of ball of stuff. But we've both like. <laughs> As I said, like sort of make all the shit up on the on the fly and mm-hmm. just sort of talk out of our asses. But you and I both have had run-ins with Facebook where they have told us they do they fundamentally don't understand things that we've found on their platforms. Yeah. Right? So uh, re- recently, I was noticing that and you may have noticed this as well. Um, all of a sudden, seen from these sort of large meme pages, the details are a little in the weeds, but basically these meme pages to game the system to make money. Um, first, they turned still images into videos, and then Facebook sort of like put a stop to that. And then they would put these like clear floaty triangles to game the system across a video to make it look like a video. And now they're doing this weird thing where they split a meme image in half and they make one half a still image and one half a video. And then it's together in an album. So in your feed, it looks like one normal thing. You don't notice, but it's actually two different types of content because apparently that is some other way of gaming the algorithm. And so it would just be like... It's just an image, but it's technically a running video. And I saw so, one with, like, Kermit. It was, like, a yeah. sassy Kermit meme, and it had, like, floating triangles on it. Yeah, and so then – so Facebook started, like it, – it figured out that trick, and it would sort of, like, not block them, but, like, it wouldn't promote those if it knew it was just a static image that was secretly a video. So then the – like, the pages started making these weird sort of clear floating triangles right. go across it. And now the next thing is to split it into two images. And this is pretty new and only, like, some pages are doing it. And so I asked Facebook. I was like, what's up with this? Is this a, like, proven way to get more views on your thing to do it as a gallery with two types of media content? And they're like, oh, we've never seen this before. We don't know. Right. Because they wouldn't know. And, it, and it, you know, it's, it speaks to this idea that, like, why would you invest time in making a good video for Facebook when it's built for the lowest common denominator so you could just make an image that doesn't move and it would it's faster for you, probably share better. Yeah. You know, and I, I had a similar thing with Facebook, but mine turned into a uh, days long argument with mm-hmm. a Facebook rep of, about a similar issue where I went to Mexico for the election and I came across this guy named Carlos Merlo who was claiming that basically if what he was claiming worked, it would be insane, which was uh, basically he had a team of like 22 millennials Mm -hmm. in a room and they had spent the last six years more or less maintaining spoofed versions of local news sites, Facebook pages. Mm -hmm. So the example he gave me was like, wake up Campeche. Mm -hmm. And like old people in Mexican Facebook wouldn't know that that wasn't Campeche's local news site. On Facebook. That's even in the U.S. sort of fake local news things where how a lot of fake news were spread. It would be like Miami Daily News. And you'd right. be like, oh, that seems legit. Or like, you know, it would look like it was the call letters of a TV station, right? Exactly. So they were doing similar things. And he claimed that he was maintaining 2,000 of them. Oh, wow. And that they were all fairly small. But what they would do is politicians would pay money to insert their fake news story into all of them at once. And... The fake news stories weren't what I thought they would be. They were actually typically usual. They were usually negative stories about themselves that then they could accuse their opponents of planting. Oh, that's genius! It's genius. That's genius. It's 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 incredibly mm-hmm. smart. I'm gonna start planting negative stories about myself and accuse you of planting. You don't have to. I'm already doing that. <laughs> um, so I reached out to Facebook and I was like, "Yo, do you have you have you heard of this guy? Have you heard of his company? Is what he's doing?" possible and they finally were like we included him in an internal report that they have done for the mexican election six months beforehand Mm -hmm. i was like that's weird that he's still operating they hadn't banned anything they banned him after we wrote about him but they didn't ban him before the election which Mm -hmm. i thought was weird and is what he's doing like would it work Mm -hmm. and is it as insidious as it sounds and after a lot of rigmarole they are finally like we don't know. They stopped short of sort of saying to me, like, you should think of, like, you should be skeptical. And I was like, I am skeptical. I just don't, I need you to tell me how your platform works. I don't own it. I don't, I don't have access to the engineers. And they wouldn't go any further than that. So I think it is safe to say that Facebook has gotten to a point where they are, they are trying to put fi- a fire out with a, with a squirt gun and they don't even know how big the fire is. Mm-hmm. All I do know is that you can't put nipples on there <laughs> because then it's a, like, then it's immediately shut down. 
So mm-hmm. clearly, all journalists should do is just start posting nudes mm. in the comment section of fake news stories. I love this idea. Okay, so if you're a journalist out there, you're in journalism school. You're but like why 17. do you have to be a journalist to do this? Any citizen should do it. Because the for the state has to be protected by trained professionals who mm. are willing to put naked women yes. in the comment section of yes. Infowars posts. Gotcha. gotcha. Although Infowars is gone now, right? Infowars is. Yes, InfoWars is gone. Okay, so next, uh, okay, hashtag dicks out for fake news. Next time <laughs> you see a fake news story, j- you go to Milo Yiannopoulos' Facebook page and you just post your cock. Is in he the on f- Facebook still? He's still on Facebook, oh, absolutely. Okay. No one's talking about that. Hmm. Everyone's like, oh, he disappeared, but he's still on Facebook and he was at a rally of like several thousand people in London like two months ago. So that's happening still. Any listeners out there, <laughs> if you want to support uh, journalism, um, send us your news. Actually, no. no. If you um, want to support eighteen plus only, if, thank you. If you want to support uh, BuzzFeed's uh, fake news initiative to debunking this stuff, mm-hmm. there's a guy named Craig Silverman, and I want you to send <laughs> all of your nips and dicks to Craig Silverman without any context. Yep, I believe just one sec. Is it Craig L Silverman <laughs> on Twitter? Hold on. Let yeah, me... yeah. Everyone, just start tweeting Craig Silverman your nips and dicks, yeah, and no, he can and he can put them in the comment section yeah, on Twitter at. Craig Silverman, okay? <laughs> um, he's a nice guy. He's great. Good guy, good and guy. And he, you know, he's really out there on the front lines. He's Canadian. fake news. He's polite. Send it all to Craig Silverman. Tasteful, appropriate Tasteful, nudes. Tasteful, age-appropriate nudes. I would say ethically Ethical. farmed nudes. Send Trader Craig. Joe's <laughs> style nudes. So, Ryan, it's been a while since we've gotten mad together on a podcast. Did we ever get mad? Was that like a thing we did? I don't know. Look, I'm, I'm angry mad. all the time now. I'm mad. And I'm, I'm always angry now. We're going to do a segment that we're calling, Why Are You Mad, Bro? Yeah. I think it's a perfect time for this podcast to introduce a new segment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned we've in been, another five months. Yeah, we'll we've been re- canceled for uh, almost two years now. I canceled is not the right term. Retired. Retired. Yeah. It was um, voluntary. And technically, we still go. We okay. just have, we've just cut back to a biannual schedule. I think it's nice. I think I think that's what everyone wishes they could mm-hmm. do. Exactly. Okay, so let me crack my fingers here and... I want to tell you what I'm mad about. Why are you mad, bro? I'm mad at Gushers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Gushers, the fun candy treat with a gushing liquid inside. Um, you know, in a desperate grasp to stay relevant on the internet is trying to um, sort of glom on to, as we accurately identified, the fucked up food trend. Right. Um, and it posted uh, last week a picture of, like it, like, it says deep fried perfection. And it's a picture of... It's hard to describe. They look like little, like, chicken nuggets, but one is cut open, and it's got, like, bright blue oozing out. It's a deep-fried gusher. Right. It's a deep-fried gusher. I've had one. They're good. Oh, wait. Is that, like, a real thing? You deep-fry anything. And you've had one? Yeah. I've spent a lot of time at Midwestern State Fairs. Okay. All right. My uncle used to run the Oklahoma State Fair. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. Look at you. (laughs) I mean, but, well, anyways. So, you know, people obviously, like, this image is very gross. And, you know, the idea of a deep fried gusher looks pretty gross, although apparently not bad. It's, it's pretty, um, I mean, anything fried is pretty good. But it looked like they were doing this to be, like, funny, like, to be, you know, kind of, it also looks a little bit like the eating Tide Pods meme, like. I love Tide Pods. Um, because, I miss that meme a lot. I, I do, too. I was, I remember that our, uh, our January episode, we were like, Tide Pod memes, it's going to stick around. <laughs> we'll be well, eating Tide Pods forever. Um, Seniors never die. Um, so, you know, this tweet went mildly viral. It has a thousand retweets. Um, and then like two days later, they followed it up with this tweet. It says, when people use any of the following jokes on this tweet, and like, obviously they're referring to people who are like replying or quote tweeting it with their own joke saying, are those Tide Pods? This ain't it. Call the FBI slash 911 slash police, et cetera. Delete this. Like, those are all things that apparently a lot of people were saying. And then it's like a gif of a guy going, what a revolutionary concept. So basically, Gushers is making fun of people who responded positively. Like, and by positively, I mean, they clearly enjoyed the joke. Like, this was meant to be posted as a joke. And other people were enjoying it by, you know, spreading this piece of advertising around. They were shitposting back. And then the Gushers account is mad that people are reusing, like, that too many people are using the same joke. Like, too many people who are spreading their advertising voluntarily are, like, 
all making the same Tide Bot joke. And it's like, Gushers, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, Gushers. That's the official that, like, editorial stance is, of honestly, Internet Explorer. It's fucking disgusting is what it is. It's like we should all be like Gushers should be fucking sucking our dicks right now. That we're even talking about their garbage deep fried candy treats. I'm so I'm so mad, right? I'm so mad at Gushers. I just, you know, it's one thing for these brands to sort of adopt this like jokey, meme like, haha, we're gonna talk like a funny person from the internet. And it's like, you know what, that's fine. I don't mind that, whatever, like enjoy. People clearly think it's funny when Arby's like tweets a joke, meme tweet, whatever. But then, like, to get mad about people not being as funny as they think they are? Like, fuck you, Gushers. Fuck you. Fuck you. I would say— I feel like I've never been this mad before. You are really mad. I'm mad at a brand. I'm mad at Gushers. I haven't been this mad at a brand since the time Frosted the Flakes had to start blocking all the furries who were saying, (laughs) fuck me, daddy, to Tony the Tiger. It's just nasty. It's mean. They're being nasty to people who are being nice. I really don't want a gusher to suck my dick. I don't even know how that would work. I mean, it's like a piece of candy. Just the visual is very confusing. Doesn't even have a mouth. Yeah, it's all very confusing. Um, you want to peg gushers? I guess. Well, it's confusing. Anyways, um, <laughs> Ryan, what are you mad about? I'm not as mad at you about the thing I'm mad about, but uh, I'm exasperated. Okay. I'm frustrated. Frustrated. I was looking for a way to de-stress after a hard day of work reporting the news, mm. and I recently purchased a Nintendo Switch. Mm. Uh, I'm a guy on the go. I'm a young professional, and I'm a casual gamer who hasn't purchased a system since the GameCube. Is it? Forgive my ignorance. Is this like a handheld device? It can be. Okay. It's both. So I can travel with it. It's a perfect system for me. The game se- selection is great, and I got Zelda Breath of the Wild for it, which is an incredible game. I'm having a ball. Mm-hmm. I just beat Ganon. It's very exciting. And uh, Breath of the Wild is a very hard game, So, and I have not played video games in about 10 to 15 years, so mm-hmm. I decided that well, I, I, would, I would look stuff up a lot. You know, how do I do this? How do I okay. do that? And I would also look for more games to buy. Okay. And the, the thing that I'm angry about right now mm-hmm. is that as, a, as an adult man uh-huh. uh, and a journalist sure. who has totally been disconnected from video game culture for like a decade, gotcha. video game journalism fucking sucks. <laughs> It fucking sucks. And I can't, I'm mad that I can't be mad about video game journalism without sounding like a gamer gator. Yeah. But the truth is, it fucking sucks. <laughs> because, okay, there are two things that I want to know. I, uh, I can hear myself. And Sounds I'm, like you've got a problem I'm angry with at ethics myself. And, uh, Ryan right now is like, it's actually about ethics and gaming. It is, though. It is, though. <laughs> because, okay, hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. There are two things that you need to know mm-hmm. from a video game website when you're playing a video game yeah. or owning a video game system. You want to know, is this video game worth 80 hours and $50 of my time? Mm-hmm. In the same way you'd want to know, is this vacuum cleaner going to be good? Mm-hmm. It's a consumer review. I just want an ethical consumer review of a video game. And then the other one is you just want to walk through of how to solve a certain shrine. That Okay. It took me four days to figure out how to solve the five flames shrine in Zelda. It was so hard. Finally, I just figured it out myself by using fire arrows, but trying to find a decent walkthrough that isn't some diatribe mm. about like the structure of the game. I mm. just want a basic walkthrough. And then if you're in the UK, all of the newspapers hack the SEO by oh. posting garbage nonsense <laughs> for commonly Googled questions about video games. So it's just like, and, and, and all this would be fine. You could be mad about it. I, that's I understand it. The industry is really strange. It's it's a it's a it's mm-hmm. a burgeoning art art form, whatever. But a bunch of fucking assholes in 2014-15 me meant it made it so I can't even be mad about how bad video game journalism is. Yeah. Because now I just sound like a crazy fucking like Nazi. Yeah. I mean, you've gone full Gamergate right now. And I'm used to these problems because, like, I've been an avid anime fan for years, mm-hmm. and anime reviews are really, really bad because it's usually, like, completely useless for, like, a not weirdo. Yeah. You know, like, you just want to know, like, is the story good? Is yeah. the story bad? Are all the magical girls going to die in the third episode? Mm-hmm. You're going to have to watch the rest of the season, and then the main character becomes God at the end. Sure. You just want to know if it's worth your time yeah. and worth your money, and I can't get that out of video game journalism, and that's why I'm angry. Well... But I'm also angry that I can't, I can't socialize about that without sounding like a piece of shit. 
Sounds like we've got some big problems here, Ryan. If anything, the true victims of Game of Great aren't the women that they sent mass death threats to, <laughs> but it's the casual male video game players that have come afterwards that just want some basic answers to their basic questions. I, I'm right there with you, Ryan. I, I apologize on behalf of all women for what we've done Thank to you. the gamers. You have made it impossible for me to go to Hooters and yell at you <laughs> or play video games casually. Ugh. Oh, true. Uh, I actually was uh, a lot angrier about that than I thought I would. <laughs> I feel a lot better getting that out, though. So let's turn things around and get a little more positive. And we're going to have a little ray of sunshine uh, that we love to... Little, little ray of sunshine. Little ray, little ray. Um, Kate's Holderness. Frequent guest, but wasn't willing to ruin her entire personal <laughs> reputation by becoming a permanent host, which sure. I think was smart. But she's a beloved contributor. Thank you, guys. Um, Kate's welcome. How you doing? I'm doing good. It's good to be back um, on the old podcast. Yeah. Um, so will you tell us some good things yeah. that you have seen okay. uh, since we last met and spoke in January? We, about... wanted to, we wanted to bring back a segment for this So we because I feel like we want to keep the energy up. Sure. So we're going to bring back mm-hmm. a little segment we used to call Fast Five. Fast Five. Fast, fast Five. Fast Five. Okay, so, okay. so we want your Fast Five faves of the internet right now. Okay. So number uh, one. Number one. So I, you know this, Ryan. I've gotten really into Twitch lately. Mm-hmm. And there's this guy named Sonic Fox. Oh, man. And he's Oh, great. man. He's so great. Uh, I just told my boss, Lisa Tazi, uh-huh. uh, news, uh, global news director for BuzzFeed News, about Sonic Fox, and she almost fell out of her chair. Is, is, it, is Sonic Fox a furry? So, oh, wait. Yes. Oh, it's just so much better. better. It's so, so good. Okay, so Sonic Fox plays competitive fighting games. He's, like, really well known for Dragon Ball Z fighters. Yep. Dragon Ball fighters. Yep. Um, and he is a... Black queer furry. Anti-turf as well. Anti-turf. Okay. And so he's this like kid, he's like 20, I think, and he is really fucking good at video games. And he he's, got, he's like one of the best in the world right yeah, now. Yeah, he's like really, really and good. And he performs in a fursuit. Yeah, and he okay. like got known by like wearing like ears and like mitts to to like competitions. And then like one day it was just like like fuck it, I'm gonna like wear my fursuit and like <laughs> yeah. beat the shit out of this other guy. And, and he, then he did. And he tweets stuff like, I'm a furry and I can still beat your ass. Yeah. It's like amazing. <laughs> wow. he's, he's, he's my hero. Yeah. He's great. So that just makes me so happy. Furries are back and this time I feel like the internet actually likes furries. Furries are back and they're the least weird thing on the internet. Yeah, right exactly. Mm, All yeah. Right. Fast five, fast five, number fast two, five, fast five. Fast five. Fast five. Uh, fast five. Fast five. Fast five. Uh, okay, number two. Um, so I run the BuzzFeed Unsolved Tumblr. Uh-huh. Okay. BuzzFeed Unsolved, as you, your listeners may or may not know, is a wildly popular YouTube uh, series um, where two hosts, Ryan and Shane, are colleagues. The second hottest Ryan at BuzzFeed. The second hottest Ryan at BuzzFeed. Um, basically just, like, talk about ghosts and unsolved mysteries and shit. It's massively popular. And the fandom is, like... It's unlike any other fandom I've ever interacted with, professionally or personally, because they're all, like, really nice and positive. And love ghosts? <laughs> and they love ghosts. They love their spooky boys. They love making <laughs> their memes. Like, spooky boys. Oh, yeah, the spooky boys. Um, they love drawing their fan art. Uh, some of it's safe for work. Much of it is not. Is it erotic? Uh yeah. Is it both spooky and erotic? My two favorite. A lot of times. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, you get into like demon Shane fan art. Cool. You know, like sure. Shane is like a, a incubus type shit. There I hope to God that these co workers don't listen to this podcast. Have they seen I don't these? Know. I don't, like, I'm not gonna ask them. They must why not? You gotta ask I'm very you, curious to it, know okay, how if they if there was erotic fan art of me and Katie being written, I would absolutely want to know about it. They must oh, know. I've read some of the, the I've read some like Try Guys sure, sure. fanfic. I don't think it got Oh you read my you read my fig? <laughs> <laughs> um, you read I, my self insert. The ones I got were or that I saw were not like overtly sexual. I think they were just like they were the worst kind of fan fiction where it's like, here's a scenario that might actually happen. Like they just do an episode. <laughs> I went to high school with the Try Guys yeah. in, in this fic. Yeah. 50,000 words. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's their coffee shop AUs. They love that shit. I love that shit. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Number three. Number three. Um, okay. So I like broke my body this spring. I was like horribly injured. I tripped on a sidewalk like a clumsy human being and uh, like broke one of my ankles. And then I also got this like 
pretty like rare injury of my foot. It's called a Liz Frank injury. And basically I like Like a Lisa Frank injury? That's what I thought it was at first. Sadly, no, that's more serious and depressing. <laughs> Your foot just turns rainbow. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been it's fun. A dolphin. That would have been fun. Uh no, but basically I just I tore a tendon in my foot. This is a very unusual injury. Uh it's really common actually with like professional like football players. Cool. Um and it's it's usually only seen with like traumatic injuries. Hmm. So I'm like very, very talented. Anyway, so there's not a lot of like information about this injury online that's in like layman's terms. Like a lot of the research I was doing, you know, it's like scholarly, mm. you know, like surgical abstracts. I didn't, thank God, have to have surgery, but I spent a lot of time researching this injury because it's a very, very serious injury. And I stumbled upon uh, this subreddit that's just completely dedicated to Liz Frank injuries. It's, oh, wow. called, it's called the Liz Frank Club. And these people are just so nice. And we've all just gone through the same, like, absolutely awful injury. But, like, they have pointers about getting around. You know, pointers about, like, oh, the eye walk is really good unless you have balance issues. If you have balance issues, get a Neve scooter. But, yeah, it's a small group. It's a couple hundred people. There's also a Facebook group. Uh, but I, I quite genuinely prefer the subreddit. So what cool. do you think will happen when you're fully healed? Will you leave No, I'm not going to leave. I'm will not going to Will you give advice? So, yes, I've actually given advice. There's yes. this, uh, this young woman in, like, Colorado or somewhere recently. She, kind of like me, she, tr- like, freak accident tripped, um... She did break some of the bones in her foot, but her doctor wasn't sure whether she needed surgery or not because, you know, her joint was stable, blah, blah, blah. And so I basically was like, hey, like, I didn't have surgery either. Um, And we had this long conversation on this subreddit about, like, you should definitely, you know, like, see a surgical specialist and you need to do what your doctor says. But, you know, if the MRI says that it's stable and your doctor is, you know, pretty clear about it and it's not a full rupture, like – Trust your doctor, but like it does suck and it's scary. That's great. Yeah. Fast five. Fast five. Fast five. five. Fast five. Number four. Fast five. Uh, Number four. Like Ryan, I have been playing the Nintendo Switch. Yes. And um, is this now a gaming podcast? You're the loser in this room. (laughs) Oh no. Unlike Ryan, I have beaten. Breath of the Wild, like four times. I love I it. just beat Ganon. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I've I've completed the story. Sure, sure. And I was okay. actually you okay. were right. I'm severely underwhelmed. I know. Yeah. I know. Again, I I've been injured for many months, and uh, there's not a lot to do. The internet gets boring after a while. But do you know what is not boring? Cooking in Zelda. That is true. Cooking in <laughs> Zelda is actually really fun. Yeah, but cool. no, I was gonna say Fortnite. Uh, uh, like I've been playing 50 v 50 Fortnite Battle Royale for the last couple of what weeks. What does 50 v 50 mean? So you're, it's two teams uh-huh. of 50 people. How do you find a team? You just get thrown you're into just, a like, lobby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like Counter Strike where you just appear on a team. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Like there's no like squads or anything. Okay. Like you don't do it. It's just you and like 49 other random idiots, and last team standing wins. And it's so much fun. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. I opened Fortnite <laughs> once uh-huh. after talking to you about sure, it. Sure, sure. And I was a woman. I was uh, playing a lady, and I sure. couldn't figure out how to stop playing a lady. I'm... So I was like, all right, I'll play a lady. And then I spawned, uh-huh. I think, and I had a map, uh-huh. and I didn't know how to do a single fucking thing, <laughs> and I just turned it off. I was like, this is this is not... It took me probably like two two weeks of like playing it like for you know 20 minutes a day before I was like, oh, I get it. What once I read a tip where they had you change building controls. Anyway, it's none of this makes okay. Let me see if I can explain it with a very cursory knowledge. You can tell me if I'm wrong. Sure. Fortnite, yeah, is like Overwatch, a shooting game. Okay. It's cartoony, and you shoot a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. But it's based in a Minecraft-like building world. Okay. And it's essentially a battle royale spinoff of. The original Fortnite, which was more of like a you build things. So the strategy of Fortnite is to build structures while also killing people. Okay, yes. so like yes. you literally okay. are like, I'm going to build a building? Like I'm going to build a ramp up into the sky so I can drop down on these people and from kill above. Okay. It's Yeah, it's like tower defense combined with uh, like, a, like a PvP zone. Sure. I guess. I don't know. It's kind of like America. 
You know, like you run around, you can shoot whoever you want as long as you can build a structure powerful enough to keep them away from you. Sure, sure. Ah, that makes sense. It's like going to Texas. Gotcha. Yeah, it's like The Purge, which is the best film series I've ever seen. Anyways, Fast Five, Fast Five. Fast Five, last thing. I actually had forgotten about this until today when it popped up on my dashboard. But do you guys ever hear about Mo History? No. Uh, oh, you mean like sexy anime Einstein? Oh, yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sexy uh, I've female seen anime yeah. Einstein. I mean, I've she's seen very that. sexy. Yeah, yeah. And smart. Yes. And like, there's this whole series of these historical figures who are made to be sexy anime characters. So, wait, you describe exactly what we're looking at. Okay, so it's like a side by side photo. Of like a <laughs> like a pink haired magical girl esque. It kind of looks scientist? like Sailor Moon. Doing yeah, a bit of like, like an almost upskirt thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like long like thigh highs. Um, mm-hmm. very sexy. Side by side with like that famous photo of Einstein like sticking his tongue out. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and she's supposed to be like the an- she's she supposed to be embodied him. She's yes. anime sexy girl Einstein. I saw anime Voltaire today. I went on a deep dive in this blog's archives. It's so bad, but and I love it so much. Is it made like by people who are like, <laughs> yeah, Marie Curie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like is this made by someone who's like, man, I really love George Washington. I wonder what he'd look like anime. No, it, no but it's it's, it's not it's just anime game. George Washington. Yeah. It's sexy anime girl George Washington. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, so it's like it's even better. Right. I, I also finally understand history now. <laughs> and apparently, so this game apparently, like you like wake up in a magical world where you go to school and you have to battle mm-hmm. and collect these cards of these like historical figures or whatever but they all happen to be like sexy female Alexander the Great or like you know like I don't know it's insane it's so good it's so good I want to be sexy anime girl Alexander the Great so bad oh my god I want to be sexy anime girl Winston Churchill (laughs) I'm pretty sure that one actually exists I'm pretty sure there's a Winston Churchill oh that's so good um well you know you guys are both sexy anime here's Copernicus Uh, oh, thank you, Kate, so much. Oh, I feel so God. much better and less angry now. Oh, I'm I glad. Do. I'm oh. glad. Um, oh, Kate, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I've missed you guys. I've missed doing this. Kate, thank you so much for bringing joy to us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. So up next, we've got a really fun excerpt from BuzzFeed News' latest podcast called The News. Ryan was on this week talking to two reporters, Ellie Hall and Rachel Krishna, about how teens are getting health advice from Instagram, which, you know, sounds bad, but it could be worse. It could be Tumblr, you know, could be musically, could be worse, could be worse. All right, guys, it's time. We got to talk about Instagram. I feel like Instagram is a problem and it's getting worse and it's full of young people doing really confusing things. And I feel like the three of us need to spend some time this afternoon getting to the bottom of what the fuck is going on on Instagram. Understand the teens. Take down the teens. Teens. Love the teens. I don't. I find them <laughs> frightening. And they all have face tattoos and all have little in front of their names. I just I imagine all teenagers right now as SoundCloud rappers with lip fillers. I mean, it's pretty accurate. I was going to say, you're not entirely wrong. Okay, yeah. cool. So, like, we are definitely heading into a Mad Max-like future, but it will be fueled entirely by Instagram. Is that correct? Instagram and skincare products. Okay, cool. So, Rachel, uh, a few weeks ago, you wrote kind of an insane story. As I edited it, I was continually blown away and upset. Um, it's called, These Teens Are Making Thousands of Dollars Promoting Risky DIY Self-Care Tips. How did you how did you find this? So I kind of found my way into this because I was looking at like threads on Instagram. Threads on Instagram are this really big thing right now. It's like little three or four photos explaining how you do this thing, how you get smoother skin, how you dress in a certain way, how you organize yourself the new school year. Um, And how good are these tips? Like, yeah, are they valuable? They're as good as, like, the t- you know, when we were, like, growing up and in, like, Cosmo magazine, that kind of stuff, there was, like, here's how you do this basic thing. Here's how you, like, customize your notebook for the new school year. It's like, you put some stickers on. It's the same thing over and over again. They're not really that inventive, but it's just kind of, like, now it uses, like, Instagram aesthetic kind of photos that yeah. updates it. 
Um, so I was looking into that um, because I was just like interested in it. Um, and I was interested in the way that a lot of them kind of banner under this term self-care. Right. Um, Which means nothing, right? Yeah, it used to mean something. Self-care used to kind of be this like radical idea that um, minority groups, young people, all these kind of people who had been essentially fucked over by the establishment didn't need to use them and could get medical advice, look after themselves by doing things like yoga, um, using like herbal remedies. It was kind of very big in like the 60s and 70s and like the counterculture movement. Okay, but but it's different now. Yeah, it's different now because, like, everything in 2018, it's become intrinsically linked to capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. So, once again, it's capitalism's fault. Yeah, and so now self-care is, it is still, you know, yoga, but it's also buying the expensive yoga pants. It's also still herbal remedies, but it's buying 10 face masks that have, like, these you know, have tea tree and blueberry in that cost you like ten dollars like a, a go. It's they're kind of like linked to it. The fancy uh, smoothies, yeah, fancy smoothies. Wait, so uh, our listeners might not know you and I don't live in America. No, <laughs> Ellie, you do live in America. Yes, I do. Are you subscribing to the capitalist hellscape form of self care currently? Well, I do live in Washington D.C. and uh... oh, everything's very <laughs> fine there. <laughs> So, yeah, but, you know, I tend to think more of the self-care methods that Rachel was describing about, you know, let's go for a nice long walk and let's do some yoga or let's, you know, take a mental health day off from work or something. So the free ones. Uh, Yeah. But even with free ones these days, because of social media, they have like the pressure to show that they're doing it. So you can no longer really just go and like. I know, go to like a cabin in the woods and read a book or something. You have to gram it to show how carefree and like light you are. How peaceful it is, yeah. Yeah. And and is that having an effect, you think, on these teenagers that are basically commodifying their own like mental health? Yeah, because even discussions around mental health, mental health and self-care are very intrinsically linked because the idea is that if you practice self-care, it is good for your mental health. And these young people have kind of grown up in this world where discussions around mental health you know, it's a lot more open than it was even 10, 15 years ago. And so they kind of like link everything to mental health. And they're always talking about how it's good for your mental health. But then they're using, they're doing this all via social media because they're all extremely digital native. They've just grown up in a world where they don't know anything but Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. So, Rachel, like how dangerous are some of these tips? Okay, so it's kind of like two variations here. So there's like bad advice there's stuff like here's how you lose weight in two weeks and it's like a bunch of like routines that won't do much to your body it's just like do 10 sit-ups a day and like jump um or like they'll like do a kind of jokey photo set where it's like here's how to feel beautiful and the second one's like you're already beautiful but all the, <laughs> but all the pictures wow. in it are like skinny light-skinned women right and so it's kind of like you know messing with like the mental perception there of being like well why aren't you putting different women in here why aren't you putting like a variation then there's advice on these platforms which could generally like cause physical harm um, apple cider vinegar is a really big one which we keep going back to because it, it's so popular it has popped up for years in this kind of like home remedy like do it yourself face masks uh, use it as a toner as in a skin toner um, the issue with it is um, if you use it too much um, or if you use it like too heavily in one go it can cause burns on your skin um, and that's similar to a lot of like products sold in these like affluent skincare regimes. Like you can get burned and you can cause serious skin damage from that. So I have a question, and I don't. I feel like it's very easy, particularly for me, to be like teenagers are all all have a brain disease and are all crazy. But like that's not really true because like teenagers have always always been stupid, and like especially on the internet, and you can you can just watch it play out. Like. Ellie did a lot of great work around, like, girls who fell in love with ISIS members via Tumblr, like, two years ago. Like, this is not a new phenomenon. But would you say it is safe to call, like, let's call it, like, visual living? Like, aesthet- like really insane aestheticism? Like, this does seem new to me. Yeah, well, I mean, like, the reason that this lives on Instagram is because Instagram is so heavily aesthetic. Like, 
you see people heavily curate what they put on Instagram to the extent where they like they won't post like a nice picture of their boyfriend because it doesn't have the right filter on it which fits their aesthetic where they're going for like the black and white or blue filter on their page <laughs> they won't they will take a photo of a thing just because it fits a certain aesthetic and then with these like self-care pages you kind of see that taken to a real real extreme where these pages are trying to teach people to live to this aesthetic. It's like, here's how you look like this skinny white girl with a yellow hoodie on who's got a balloon above her or is cuddling a sunflower. What's really interesting to me um, is I, I read Rachel's story and I wanted to start looking into, you know, if this was a thing on other parts of the internet. Pinterest and Instagram have so much more of this misinformation or even if it's not misinformation, it's there's no real way to call people out on something because people often on Instagram, won't scroll through the comments. Pinterest, you know, there's really no way to comment. And that's different from a site like Reddit, where uh, if you want to exchange makeup tips or skincare tips and you're wrong, people will call you out on it. Oh, yeah, they'll get you. And people will, you know, link out to studies and say, no, no, don't do this, do this, don't do that. It's interesting that you mentioned Pinterest and Instagram, because I do think that Instagram is being treated very similar to the way people used to treat Pinterest, which was like, I mean, let's be let's be totally cards on the table. There's site populated by women, so people just like aren't taking them seriously. Do you think that like this type of misinformation floats through these sites because everyone's like, oh, it's for teen girls? Like, who gives a shit? Do you think there's a bit of that attitude when it comes to moderating these sites? I think so, especially with Pinterest. Um, Pinterest has many, many, many anti-vax boards on it. Oh, no, I run a few of them. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. But yeah, I mean, that that's an example of how, you know, what this platform that people don't take seriously can be spreading horrible misinformation that has real world effects on people. And, you know, beyond, you know, oh, I used apple cider vinegar on my face and now I have burns, which is horrible. But, you know. OK, well, let, let, let it, let's 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 talk about the moderation, because yeah. I think. So I sit across from you in our London office, yeah. uh, and I've listened to you fight with Instagram for weeks now over all of this stuff. Uh, the, the couple things to boil down to is, one, Instagram's a really huge platform. And so they, I think, in a way, had no idea that this kind of stuff was going on. Shocking. Um, they, <laughs> they didn't really seem to you know, understand the kind of like misinformation going on here. Um, and then... This kind of second point to that was that Instagram is a, is what they call a self-referring platform. And that means that if someone sees something they don't like, they need to refer it or report it, you know, flag it, whatever. Um, and then the moderators will go through it and try and work out if it's a bad thing or not. We've seen that completely misused with things like women's nipples on Instagram already, where someone reports a woman breastfeeding and Instagram's like, well, it's a boob, so off you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it kind of comes under scrutiny here because the, the, there's a lot of dermatologists. I spoke to dermatologists and like, m- you know, actual doctors for this piece who were like, yeah, I've seen all this. I get into fights about it myself on Instagram. That was I, one of my favorite parts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In your story? Yeah. That's like amazing that like a doctor would be having teenagers bully them over genuine practical medical A doctor advice. getting butt actually on Instagram by a teen <laughs> is... Yeah, or just like, yeah. you know, these like self-care mums as well, the goop mums who are like putting all this kind of <laughs> stuff on it. It's like an army of... Gwyneth Paltrow's army fighting like these like <laughs> scientists. Well, it, it sort of blows my mind that, you know, you, you, you see... Goop, Gwyneth Paltrow's insane self-care industry thing, selling the same stuff as Alex Jones, which in my mind means that this isn't, this is a much larger social issue than I think the three of us are probably prepared to even grasp at the moment, right? Because if, if everyone on the internet is deciding that they want to live in an alternate reality where like, you know, putting cocoa on your skin will open its pores because it's like aesthetically pleasing to photograph, like that's a really weird breakdown in like culture, right? It's a breakdown in well, the dermatologist, again, who I was speaking to made a really good point. You know, the original self-care movement, like I said, came out of this distrust of, like, higher authorities and everything like that. And it's kind of happening again now. The kind of pieces are in the same place as it were almost 40 years ago, where a lot of people distrust traditional medicine. Um, they distrust, like authorities telling them what to do and because of the internet and like a lot of the information on the internet people are like I can work it out myself Mm. Um, I have so many friends young women who build their own skincare routines and put on a lot of stuff on their face like 
As in like five, six step skincare routines in the evening, four step in like the morning. And you ask them why they do it and they don't understand why they're doing it. It's because they see these things online. They see that there's, you know, three different oils now for your face, whatever, whatever. And they do it themselves instead of like just going to a doctor or going to a professional and being like, what do I need to do for my skin? I think that's part of the the problem, too, with the regulation of this Um, across the board when you're talking about, you know, whether it's makeup tips or these supplements that are being sold by Alex Jones and by Goop and are also, you know, on these Instagram pages. For most people, if you take this advice, you're not going to get anything out of it. You know, you'll you'll probably just take a few more vitamins or maybe you'll get lucky and what you put on your face doesn't make you break out. So if you personally have no horrible effects from it, you have to have a lot of, I would say... uh, a lot of willpower and character to turn down a company approaching you oh, yeah. about oh. something that you're not sure about or you'll you've tried once when they're like, "Hey, here is, you know, $25,000 if you put this on your Instagram page that has a million followers." I mean, that's a lot of money. But the point I'd make to that was which we found in this piece is that a large amount of these teen influencers aren't making $25,000. So how much money are they making? So if I kind of put this in perspective for you, because I spoke to someone who works within kind of like the PR, the influencer industry, and I was like, what do the big names get? Like, what does Zoella get for like her Instagram posts and this kind of thing? And Zoella, as a ballpark ring, Zoella has 10 million followers on who, Instagram? Who is, who is Zoella? I'm not oh. a teen. Oh, no, no, no. It's also, it's also okay because you're not British either. Zoella is, I would argue, the biggest British online influencer. Okay. She's Good massive. For her. Um, so for like a general Instagram post, Zoella's going into like the tens of thousands of pounds, so tens of thousands of, do- of dollars, like, right. you know, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000, like big for just one post. For per post. Yeah. And what kind of stuff does she advertise? Just I'm curious. Uh, anything. It's all kind of, again, life aesthetically self-carry lifestyles of candles, makeup, nice little jumpers that look really cozy slippers you know like that kind of stuff which is very kind of like ooh I will say that like the UK side of this tends to be a lot more twee Mm. it's a lot of like it's like I love to drink tea in my cozy flat and like (laughs) it's like very like aspirational like white lady stuff yeah so um uh, these teens uh, going back to that how much they're making for it these teens are making about for a post I would say about 20 quid wow so thirty dollars. Yeah. I, I think that was something that reading your piece, I was sort of most horrified by. I, I was sort of hoping they'd be more cynical. Yeah, I'd be. I was sort of being like, "Oh, this is awesome! Like it's a con. They're going to make their money, and that's it." And they're like, "No, we think we're generally providing a good service for people, and we'd like to do this." I'm sure there are those in there who are just gaming it. Like I'm not going to doubt that there probably are a bunch of maybe. Slightly older than these kids. Most of them I spoke to were about 16. There's probably a bunch of about 18 to 20-year-olds who have seen this go big and are now gaming it to do this. But there's a kind of like, what if I can make a career out of this sort of thing? And I'm seeing it more and more on Instagram and the way that people use Instagram particularly is like, what if this is how I make my career? So of the, the teens you talked to who were who were running these you know self-care pages... How much of it for them is let me make some money and how much of it is like I genuinely want to help people, you know, have perfect skin, lose weight, have more energy? I think there is a focus on money. I'm not going to lie. I spoke the the smaller influencer that I spoke to, um, his goal was that he wanted to grow his page because then you get better sponsorship deals. The bigger page you get, you know, the better sponsor, the better like apps that will work with you, the more likely you are to like get um, like actual products on the page. But they always kept going back to the fact that they thought they were doing something good. Like they weren't making money in a bad way. They weren't being these bad people who, you know, exploit people and make money and they're not like doing a boring like working at a checkout job. They're they're trying to do good. And through that, they are making a career and making money. So I guess my last question with all this as I sort of process the end of the world here is like, is this sort of a trend that will get worse and get bigger and get crazier? Or do you think this is something we look back on where we're just like, remember that weird time where like everyone was just like doing weird Instagram pages for no reason? The core of these Instagram pages we've seen before, like I was saying, it's the same advice that we saw in the teen magazines that we all read like 20 years ago. And so I don't think the core of this is going to like change. Um, Social media platforms, as we're kind of seeing, or as we have seen, are kind of like momentary. If this does, if it doesn't stay on Instagram, it'll go somewhere else at some point. These 
teens already use, you know, Pinterest, we heart it. There'll be another platform and they'll move on to that or they'll do it in a different way. I mean, it started on Twitch. Yeah. I, I noticed. Like, really? Oh, yeah. People do like, like people are will teen do sponsored, girls doing it. Teen girls will do sponsored like makeup tutorials on Twitch. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And it's not like people are ever going to want to stop looking good. Yeah. We just all have to agree to become uglier. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. You're already there, Ryan. This Don't worry great. about it. That was a segment from BuzzFeed's news podcast, The News. Um, it's a segment called Group Chat, and you should definitely check it out. It comes out every Wednesday and Saturday. Um, yeah, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Spotify, Apple, Stitcher. I don't know. Shout it at, at you. Yeah, I don't presume to know your life. Whatever I don't you know how you get your podcast. I just know you do. Whatever you want. Um, um, and I want to thank our guest, uh, Kate Holderness. She was delightful. Um, wonderful as always. Ryan, I want to thank you for being here. Because it's welcome. always a delight and a pleasure when you come to come to the, the United States, visit our offices, and uh, I get to see your face. It was it was great. This is this is good, and I I, I like coming here a bit. Yeah. Uh, this is a good amount. For okay. Me. Um, but I, w- I want to thank our listeners. Um, we love it when we get emails or tweets or, you know, whatever from you guys still. <laughs> um, it, it is weird, and I'm, I, it, it, it makes me really it warms, excited. It warms our cold, dark hearts. We want to thank Pod Squad for producing this. Yes. Specifically, Julia Furlon, who has been our uh, the, the, the beautiful... Queen of Internet Explorer. If she were in an anime moe, she would be. Um, oh, uh, Hitler. She, actually, I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> yeah, she'd be sexy anime Hitler. Yeah, she'd be complicated, but weirdly, she would be. I think it fits. I think it just fits. You I know. do think that Vocaloid will run for president soon. Uh, hey, I've been thinking about this all day. Got my vote. I think there'll be an there'll be an avatar presidency. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. Yeah.